Welcome to episode two of these at-large bid minisodes uh, going through the draft for everyone. This is the Golden State Warriors. Me, Tim Daniel, with my guy, TB, Taylor Bergfeld. Welcome back. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. So we did the uh, Wolves last week, and we kind of went through this, the three picks they have. The Warriors also have three picks, but their situation is obviously a little bit more different. Um, this is a team that next year is going to be getting back. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. They traded for Andrew Wiggins. They still have Kevon Looney, who has very different opinions throughout the league on. Um, but their bench was atrocious. Their team was really bad with all the injuries they had. Uh, but truthfully, if you're a Warriors fan, I think you're kind of like not even mad because you're like, well, first off, we were just the best team in the NBA possibly ever. For five um, years. <laughs> yeah. We went to five finals, and we got a year break. We just took a year off, you know? Yeah, Clay's healthy, Steph's healthy, Draymond's healthy. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, you have this wonderful asset that is the second pick in the draft. Um, and you don't have to play in the bubble. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on. Right, exactly. Like there's, so, like, there's so much benefit for the Warriors. You still have Steve Kerr. You still have the personnel with uh, Joe Lacob. You still have Bob Myers. You still have the scouting crew. Uh, they've made some bad draft picks, and they'll admit it. They're they're not very proud of drafting Jacob Evans in the first round, and they're not going to lie about it. Right. Um, you know, they took Jordan Poole last year, and that was weird because he was projected to go at the end of the second, and they took him at the end of the first. Um, they did get Eric Pascal, which worked out very well for them. Um, I don't necessarily know if that's going to be something he's going to do again this year because they're going to have all those guys back, so the ball's going to be taken out of his hands a little more. Um, but he's a guy I liked a lot of Villanova. Uh, he's obviously really talented, and he's, you know, a very decorated college basketball player. He's got two NCAA championships. Um, but when you look at this team, when you see, you know, who they are, because obviously they're great, and I think, like, I don't know if they're NBA title contenders next year, but I still think they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see the Warriors for, you know, from last year and moving forward? Like, how do you see what they, what, who they are? Um, I mean, obviously, Stephen Clay will have a little bit of rust getting back into it, um, or maybe not, depending on when the season starts next year and how it all progresses. Um, but yeah, I think that I don't think they're immediately locked in title defenders, but they draft, they have a good draft here, which we'll get into that. I think they can pair those pieces with the veteran pieces that they have, um, and kind of they can be. I think they're at worst a four seed in the West. Like I, really I agree, think they'll be fine. Steph's going to be back in form. Clay is unconscious shooter who I he's one of my favorite players to watch um Draymond just fits that team and obviously you know he they they value him he values that franchise so I think you can see that and we don't know what they're going to do for agency or it's all about developing the bench because like ad nauseum what we talked about that team was terrible this year and I think that would have been their bench regardless so it's just getting better drafting better um and actually utilizing those players rather than letting Evans and Poole sit on the bench and collect dust so yeah, because they traded Evans to Golden State in the Andrew Wiggins trade. Um, there were guys that they had playing last year that I was like, who is that? Like, Kai one, Bowman. I knew who Kai Bowman was strictly because he played at Boston College and he almost went to North Carolina to play football. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Juan Toscano Anderson, I was like, who is that? Mm-hmm. Like, he was how, wearing, how, how did you hear of them? Like, yeah, he was wearing 95 for them. Like, his jersey number was number 95. I was like, Sick. all right. Um, weirdly enough, Marquise Chris was really good for them last mm-hmm. year, uh, was a plus defender, was an even off- offensive player, um, had his best year shooting and, um, actually, yeah, which is good. Like, that's yeah, right. I liked who's... him. Yeah. 
Yeah. It didn't I, turn out. I thought I was higher on him than probably everybody else was, but I, I, it's nice to see him actually progress a little bit. So. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead here, and I'm going to list off some of these guys on the bench, and you can tell me who you actually know and who you're like, who the hell is that? Because that's what the Warriors were last year. Uh, Damian Lee. Uh, yeah, Louisville. Steph Curry's uh, brother-in-law. Yes. We mentioned Kai Bowman. Uh-huh. Alan Smologic. Nope. Okay, Juan Toscano-Anderson apparently played at Marquette. Do uh-huh. not – don't remember that at all. Nope, not at all. Nope. And, like, I cover the Big East, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, here's one. Mikhail Mulder. Michael Mulder from UK. When did he play at UK? Um, he was – the... Apparently, this is his rookie year. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. I agree. He played seven games for the yeah. Warriors. But, like, I'm like, who the hell is that guy? Probably a guy who will never play NBA basketball ever again. Um, so, and then Kevon Looney, who obviously was hurt last year to go with that group. Kevon Looney played a total of 20 games. Only started four. Odd. Yeah. Uh, because, like, when you look at their – the Marquise Chris's, the Eric Pascal's, um, obviously Draymond played about – 43 games last year. Steph broke his hand and played about five games. Um, so, and gosh, you got nothing from Clay. So, from the three, like, who kind of built that dynasty, you got a total of 48 games from them. And I kind of showed. So, this seems like the situation is about, and look, at number two, there's a very high chance that they don't take that pick. There's mm-hmm. a very high chance they trade that pick. But if I were them, honestly, I wouldn't. Oh, take one. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so I think center is the biggest thing for this team because they get all that guy, those guys back. Um, you have some draft picks in the second round where you can get some decent bench players. And um, think yeah, about I, how good think about how good Andrew Bogut and Javel McGee and every centers look for them because when you're out chasing the the ball around the perimeter as well as they pass it, like easy dunks, lobs, and rebounds, offensive rebounds, being able to put it back up and dunk it. Like I mean, Wiseman is the perfect candidate for that. Like legit, the perfect candidate. I completely agree with you because I think he is, as far as like, like you said, rim runner, he checks the box. Rim protector, he checks the box. I know he only played three college games, but he blocked so many damn shots in those three games. Um, I thought he looked good the Oregon game. I know a lot of people kind of picked it apart, but I thought he played all right. You know, he was definitely, you know, the guy that stood out the most on the court in that game. I know Peyton Pritchard was there who's going to get drafted in this draft, potentially by Golden State in the second round. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think Wiseman's a good fit there. I know a lot of people really like Oyeko and Kungwu for this spot here. I do like Okungwu. I'm not saying I don't, but I don't think he projects he has the upside Wiseman does as far as, you know, what he can do now. When I talk to people around the league who seem to favor uh, Okungwu to Wiseman, um, I ask, like, what can Okungwu do offensively that Wiseman can't? And I've had very few answers there. Um, pick and pop, mid-range, Wiseman's shown that ability in high school. Um, I know you saw him a little bit at UIBL. And um, the only thing, the, the biggest thing for him is it's always been his motor. Like, I feel like right. it's, and that was a knock in college too. People were just like, I don't know if he truly likes basketball or if he really like is committed to himself. And at the EYBL, I mean, he played for team Penny and then it was uh, the bluffs city legends when Penny took the Memphis job, AKA team Penny too. Just can't have that name. Um, <laughs> but they, 
I mean, they were down. They were getting, they were getting their ass kicked every week. Why does we go for like thirty and forty, but they lose like twenty five? And it's like okay, like I watch. I would like watch a little bit of it, but it was the same thing with like DeAndre Ayton a couple years back. Like you'd watch his game, but you really weren't. You were like, damn, he's really good, but he doesn't care. Like he let his he'd score thirty, but give up twenty five, and then um, so. But I think if he can, obviously, he's getting older and more mature, and I think him leaving Memphis made him made himself committed to James Wiseman and um, working on his craft and getting better. And I think, you know, we'll see that next year play out. So he's, I mean, 17, 18 years old. I'm not going to yeah. call him a terrible work ethic. But when it's proven from AAU to college, like, something you got to think about. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, I talk about is, like, if you get him in a system, he's going to be perfectly fine for the system. So athletically, like, you're not going to find more people athletic than him in this draft. Um, you're just not. Um, you know, the wingspan of friggin' seven six as far as being a center. And you put him around guys like Curry, Clay, and Draymond who work their asses off, that's gonna rub off on him. That's mm-hmm. gonna make him want to play harder. Like Draymond shown quite a bit last year when he was the only guy out there from that core, like he's still a really good leader. Um, there's that clip going around where um that's coming around a little more. It's a couple of years ago, Jordan Bell, where Jordan Bell has that dunk that he misses, and he you can see he's like kind of downtrodden. Yeah. And, and like Draymond goes, "Hey, I missed a shot tonight." He points at Steph. He goes, "He missed a shot tonight," and he points at someone else. He's like, "And they missed a shot tonight." He's like, "Just keep playing." And right. like the next possession, I think um, Jordan Bell has this like really nice dunk. So you kind of have to have James Wiseman be around those guys. I think is really would be huge. Like. Um, I'm actually looking at the Ringer draft guide, and here are the comparisons they have for James Wiseman. Mild-mannered Rashid Wallace and high-energy Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I'm with it. Bring the attitude to Rashid, and you got a great player there. Yeah, I agree. And I think so, um, you know, the athleticism, like I said, the two-way potential is there. But, you know, for the Warriors, he doesn't have to go score a lot. Rim running. 10, 10 12 points. Rim running. He's going to get 10 to 12 points a game from that alone. So Yeah. And, you know, Curry's obviously well-known for handles and obviously being the best shooter ever, but I feel like his passing is discussed, so I'm not going to be like, you guys don't talk – like, I'm not going to do this whole, like, Chris Broussard thing when he's like, you guys don't know how good Penny Hardaway was. And I go, no, we do. Yeah. We do very much. My hat keeps falling off, so I'm going to have to throw it here. Um but yeah, that alone I think is going to be huge for him. Uh, we'll talk about Okongwu real quick because I know it's a guy like some people talk about there as well. I just can't see him going two. I can't. Like, I can see them trading down and taking him. I can very easily see that. But if they if they go two, I think they're going to take Wiseman. Yeah, because like Okongwu's biggest comparison is like Taj Gibson. I understand this is a weak draft, but I don't think I want to take Taj Gibson number two. We're in the first uh, round. <laughs> exactly. So where Okongwu is really good though is. Um, He's a really good on-ball defender, mm-hmm. and he's really good at, you know, his interior scoring is great. Uh, O'Connor roasts that all. Um, he lists him as a do-it-all big with rare versatility as a defender and always competes and has a knack for making big plays, which I agree with that. I think right. that's a really good fit. But, like, like I said, like, two, I'm not for certain. I think I'm going to go with the natural talent there who is going to make my team better day one. Um, and I think that's where I take Wiseman over him. I know Lamelo's being talked about a little bit here, and this kind of goes back to what we talked about with Golden State. I mean, with uh, Minnesota last week is I just don't think he makes sense there because how is he going to develop when he's playing the bench while Steph and Clay are there? Well, that and they tried it with D'Angelo. So yeah, it didn't does. work. Steph needs the ball. So yeah, Steph is ball dominant. Steph now, can't play off the ball. They only had five games together, so it didn't like didn't work as a 
you know, the stretch didn't look good in those five games. Now, does that mean the end of the year doesn't work out? Probably not, but they probably figure it out. But I don't think um, Steph's, I think Steph's comfortable off, with the ball in his hand. I think Clay is like, no, I want one ball handler and I want the rest of the shots. Clay is like the greatest catch and shoot player I think I've ever seen. Unbelievable. Uh, He's come around the screen, he gets his feet set every time. Like, I know, it's not an exaggeration, every time. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, so I kind of still stay there. Um, I, say, I say Wiseman, you say Wiseman. Uh, let's look at where they're at in the second round and where they're slotted. So they have two second-round picks. Um, they're at 48 and at 51. So pretty close to each other. There's going to be some decent players that kind of fit. Honestly, I think any two guys that hit there are probably better than the bench they had last year. So let's just go ahead and say all of this is an upgrade. Um, Tankathon at 48 has Malachi Flynn from San Diego State. I just don't see Malachi Flynn being there at that pick. I think he's, no. you know – um, I could see it's Malachi Flynn going more in that 35, 36 Sacramento, Philadelphia area. Um, they take Emmanuel quickly. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, that was oh one God. of the names I thought about was Emmanuel quickly there. So I know quickly is kind of going up and down the second round. Um, I thought about Jordan Awara a little bit from Louisville. Um, not super athletic by any means, but as far as like fitting that golden state pick and pop kind of offense, mm-hmm. he's good for that. Um, he's, you know, we talk about James Wiseman not having a motor. Laura yeah. definitely has a motor. Yeah, and he's a seasoned college player, so he kind of knows how to develop in, in an offensive system. And he went through two different coaches at his time through Louisville. Um, yeah, he's, he, was, he was the guy at Louisville. Didn't play, always played well in big games. Um, but I think if he came there, he'd be able to jump right into the system. I mean, he's a good passer, good, good mover without the ball. Um, he'd fit in there uh, quickly as well because he hit some big shots for Kentucky this year, and he was a really good three-point shooter for him. So. Yeah, another guy I, of the year. yeah, right. Another guy I like there too is um, they're going to draft Marcus Howard. And it's going to be hysterical. When he puts up forty a night off the bench. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, he is like the, he's like Marcus Howard's so weird because I do feel like if he was six two, we'd be talking about him in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is the best like college basketball shooter since Steph Curry. But you know, like I could definitely see Marcus Howard not getting drafted. Right. Um, I, that's the situation. So I like I like Howard more than I like Peyton Pritchard. And if they take Emmanuel quickly at 47, I think that eliminates the possibility of like an Isaiah Joe at 51. Mm-hmm. Um, one name I really like for them, and this is not just because I watched his whole college career as a potential 50, potentially 51, because I think he'll be there as Najee Marshall from Xavier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for those who aren't very familiar with Najee, he's not the best shooter by any means, but you can run your offense through him. Um, he's an awesome defender. Every night of Big East play, he was guarding the best player on the other team, except for DePaul because Paul Reed was way bigger than him. But um, even, you know, I, when I was there in Charleston, he was guarding James Book Knight, who was, you know, UConn's best scorer. Um, they play Florida. He's guarding um, Andrew Nahart, who is obviously not with Florida anymore, but, you know, was a huge part of that team. He's guarding Keontae Johnson in those games. Mm-hmm. They play the University of Cincinnati. He's guarding Jaron Cumberland, who was UC's best player for years. Um you know, probably since Sean Kilpatrick there for a while. So right. I could definitely see a situation where Najee Marshall goes to the Golden State at that 51 area. I would uh, like that. I would too. And, yeah. you know, like I mentioned earlier, Peyton Pritchard, you, you talked about Jordan Warren, just that seasoned veteran leader who's been in college basketball for a long time. Pritchard kind of fits that too. Just off, you know, basketball IQ. Um, he's not exactly going to go wow you with like his, his like athleticism by any means, but a guy that I could really see go there and do some pretty decent work. Right. I'm with you. Yeah, so I think if I were doing a Warriors mock draft right now, I'd go Wiseman at two. I would go Emmanuel quickly at forty-eight. I'd go yeah another backup guard like a either one or two. 
And I think I would probably go, I think I'd go Najee Marshall at 51. Yeah, I'm with you. I'd, I'd go Wiseman 2 quickly, um, 48, you said? And then, uh, yeah, 48. After that, it's like best player available, but like, uh, I would like Ashton Hagen, Peyton Pritchard, Marcus Howard. Like Hagen's would be good there too. A very good defensive guard, kind of be like, you know, not Pat Beverly like, but Hagen's was a really good defender. Um, almost a little too exaggerated for my liking, but, um, but yeah, I think he, if he goes there, he could very easily help you know, transition. Come in after when give Steph a breather. He come in and you know lock up their best point guard, and then kind of he he missed a lot of layups, which <laughs> not gonna fly in the NBA. But I feel like he's no. a guy that can come in and help. Distribute the offense. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't miss two of a beat, I guess I would say. Here's another name that would totally fit the Golden State way. Miles Powell. Oh, yeah. Sign me up today. <laughs> be sick. Yeah, I agree, for sure. Well, cool, man. Um, this is going to wrap that one up. So I know next week we've got the Hornets. Yep. Um, I think, you know, after the two picks we put in so far at the top of the draft, I think three is pretty easy for them. Right. Um, so we'll get those up and get those going for you guys. But, man, this has been fun to knock these first two out. I'm really excited to see how these go. And uh, hopefully you guys are following along and filling out our mock drafts with us. So Yes, sir. All right, everyone. Have a good night. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.